Human trafficking, one of the largest crimes, exists in every country of our world. A handful of organizations are hard at work rescuing the children, women, and men who have become the victims. This is Rock Against Trafficking, the radio show featuring your host, Gary Miller. Help us build awareness as we talk to musicians, artists, producers, and others in the entertainment industry, showcase their projects, and build awareness to help put an end to human trafficking. Now, here is Gary Miller. Welcome back to Rock Against Trafficking Radio. I'm Jamie Gailey, and I'm here with Six. We're going to continue on with her story. So where we left off, he had basically tied up your legs and put some clamps on you, and then uh, I believe he proceeded to electrocute you. Um, yes, but he also had that blow up gag in my mouth that was like making it impossible for me to speak or it, it like distorted my face. It was really, it was large. So, and he taped down my head with duct tape. So I couldn't really move my head either. Um, and it, and I was like severely restrained. So it, it was uncomfortable, but it was also like immobilizing in other ways too. Like my arms had gone down and my legs were, it just, it was very difficult to even just sit there. So, you know, when you get electrocuted, they, well, I don't know when most people don't know, I guess, but it causes your body to like twitch, you know, um, obviously, and you do a lot of uncontrollable spasm, spasming kind of, um, and I was like fighting against that too. So as he's doing it, I mean, automatically, like I, I didn't, I felt like I couldn't breathe right with the, with the gagging and all day of doing all those things and being exhausted. And, you know, you don't feel like you're breathing, you're functioning right at any given level. I was exhausted and I just felt so fucking bad. It was like, it was the last, I, I mean, I would have never, if, I don't know, I just guess I didn't imagine that it was going to be like that. I don't know what I imagined, but that was a nightmare. Um, I mean, so, so basically, I mean, I think, I, I think we get the idea that he was taking it way too far and he, yeah, you were trying to tell him to stop and he wouldn't yeah. stop. And so it continued on. And so this whole nightmare went on for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And so now you've been dealing with the aftermath of this for what, 20 years now. Yeah. It's been a long time. And I honestly, I, it seems weird when it's you say how many years because I don't really um I didn't I didn't even think of it as happening for so many years I blocked it out like um, immediately after the last that one that we're talking about sabbatical it's called or um and then the one after that was called drip they were both I don't even like I that's where they did the the Chinese water torture yeah, on you, yeah right? they did and it was weird because I would have never thought that I would have gone back but for some reason I like I was in such a weird place I'd moved back to California and I was living at my parents and I I was so depressed and it was like, I, I just lacked any kind of like drive or anything anymore. I had no, there was nothing good about life for me. Everybody was telling me how I was acting so different. It was like, everything changed. Like I changed, I, I think like, I don't know, when I watched that video, the sabbatical one at the end, I feel like I, I it was like so hard for me that I just like lost um, something. Like it just, it changed me. Like I dissociated and you can tell, I mean, I, I don't remember it. So I'm assuming that's what happens when you see a video and you, you're doing things that you remember completely different, you know, like. Like my memory of it when I saw that was not that. That was not in it. It wasn't included. Well, and, and a lot of people would say if it was so horrible, why why did you go back? And well, I, I mean, there's a few there's a few reasons, and none of them are like are going to make sense if you don't um if you don't know. like it's it's that well first of all there's like you change your mind about things afterwards. Like, it, like I don't remember it. Like I tell stories about when my my boyfriend would ask me how it was, or like, and I would and I lived with someone at that time too. Um, I would distance myself. I wouldn't let him see me naked. I wouldn't let him see the marks on my body. He knew it was hard for me to do. He knew I was doing bondage videos, but he knew it was hard for me to do, but he wouldn't push me because I would flip out. Like I would get angry and I would, um, I mean, I, I was not an easy person to be around during you know that time because I'm sure I was a fucking mess, but um, but I would tell people that it wasn't that bad and, and I would have all that money. I mean, it was a lot of money. It was like, for me, I mean, living in New York, you don't, I had no money. It was so expensive. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't pay our rent hardly. It was like, and one shoot was like, like five grand up. Like it was a lot, like that's a lot, you know, one day, so many years of blacking out out afterwards, I guess it's not worth it. But, but so then I, you forget after all you forget, or I forget, huh? Maybe other people don't, but, um, I changed it. I think it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I mean, I didn't remember the worst part of that last video. So I was, it made sense. So they called me like months later, like six months later, they were so nice. And they said that they needed me to come back for the shoot. It was going to be a different kind of shoot. They would fly me out and it would be like a nice trip. And they were, they were just, you know, catering to the delusional, like optimist in me that um, thinks people are, I don't know. I was just. So you thought it was going to be different that time. I just knew that it was going to still be bad because I hated doing it, but I could, I felt like I could sacrifice whatever it was for that day to 
to pull this off if it was going to mean I was going to have like I was going to be able to have a little bit more freedom in my life um, and move out and have a you know have a life again because I didn't want to live in my family's house anymore you know and also I do I always punish myself somehow I always choose the thing that hurts me the most I, and I wonder like if it's sabotaging or if um, I don't know why I went back I don't remember but the moment I got there I was not happy it was I was treated like a slave like they like made me wear a cowbell a cowbell you know um so they could locate me like a humiliating tactic you know um they put me up in a hotel room but they kept i had no privacy you know it was um i was scared the whole time because i didn't know when the, the shoot was going to happen you know it was just going to happen they were going to like spring it on me like oh they, they didn't give you a schedule it was just no, like, no no yeah there's no i was just on call for whenever this is gonna i, I knew it was going to happen and it was going to be whenever it could be when i'm sleeping it could be whenever you know it was very weird but of course it wasn't they just they mind fuck you until you so you're scared the entire time and you don't get any sleep Mind you, this is also before I ever really, I mean, I, I had done an occasional like drug, like a one, but it, I wasn't a user of anything on a regular basis. And I was sober during all those shoots. Like I, like that's crazy to me. Like I was, that's, after that I needed Xanax and I needed, um, I started doing cocaine and I started like not just doing it, like doing everything to the ground, you know, like like burning it down every time. Cause I had such bad anxiety, I, w I couldn't sleep. And then during the day I felt like I couldn't go out in public because I, I felt like scared. and. It just got bad and then I got suicidal, you know, and it's like it, like six months, I think, after the last insect shoot, I tried to kill myself, you know, like that's, that's crazy to me and I had no idea why. Like, I'm not saying it's just because of that, but when I was in the hospital for that, um, I couldn't think of what would be bothering me and I never once said insects videos because I didn't remember that I worked for them. Like, I, did. I mean, that's crazy. It's so crazy that I, I would block out that much, you know, I, I don't know, it's really weird. It's common um, in traumatic situations. So now that you've been through all this, we've covered the initial trauma, it led you into becoming more of the uh, aggressive one. When I say like, I didn't really remember that insects happened, like I never thought about it after, like I'm, I'm good at burying things. So it would pop up in my mind, things would like remind me of it out of, out of nowhere and it would make me, and I would be shocked that I would be like, oh wow, I can't believe I forgot about that. But when I started doing domination, I, I, I think this was all because of insects, but I didn't realize it at the time. Like I didn't think of insects when I, when I read this ad in the paper, but I was, I moved out, you know, um, and had a place in Hollywood and I was looking for jobs as one does in the, in the LA express. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, just seeing what would happen. <laughs> but anyway, um, there was an ad that said like beautiful, creative, uh, intelligent, strong women wanted for like female business. And it, it was a positive thing and, and I didn't know what it was. It didn't say what it was. So I responded to it and it was this woman and she was a, like an old school dominatrix. Like she was meaning, like a real dominatrix um and she hired me as an assistant and and she like miyagi'd me for like a year and a half like giving me training that i thought had nothing to do with what we were talking about but would you know like have me wash your car and but um but i would also like book her appointments and i learned about domination and i learned about like brazilian jiu-jitsu and like you know how to put somebody out in a sleeper hold but anyway i started doing domination out of nowhere like that came out of nowhere to me um and i was good at it and it was giving me a sense of like my personal power back but i i didn't understand that at the time like like um i was really i was really like beat down and i think like i didn't i wasn't aware of how much it affected me and so when i started doing domination it helped a lot um it changed my whole personality back to a little bit too overboard i think for a while like i got a little bit <laughs> you know everybody said i was different again <laughs> but no it was good i mean it was good for me but i feel like looking back now when i see these videos and i see them doing things to me that i, I do to my slaves in session but I thought that I came up with that idea. Like I didn't even realize it was done to me, you know, or like, it's like, that's a weird feeling too, because then I, I realized like I'm, I'm just playing out like, like tra being traumatized and like, like being abused. And I'm just doing that without even knowing it. And I'm taking from that and I'm doing it to someone else, even though it's consensual, it still kind of fucks with my head a little bit, you know, it didn't used to, now it does. Cause I didn't know before. You didn't realize <laughs> these were the same things that had been it's done totally, to you. It's totally, it's ridiculous. It's, and you know what happened, how that happened? Somebody came to me for a session and they said, I love your insects videos. And I was, and that never happens like that. People don't say they love, it's just a weird thing to like talk to, you, to somebody that to just even say that you like, or you watched, but he like called me and he was like a fan. It was very, and he was super nice too, which was really weird because it disarmed me a little bit. And he said, I want to recreate your videos with me being you. <laughs> and he wanted me to like do what I, what happened to me. And that was how I started watching these again, because I never really saw them before. Um, and it, it was really hard to pull that off because like I didn't really watch them all. I just watched the one that I knew I could re like reenact. But that's how I started looking into my videos when I started seeing things that I didn't really remember. And like I was shocked by some of the stuff I saw. Like it made me feel sick, you know. And then I was like, well, shit, maybe I should watch all of these and <laughs> see what I did. Because I, you know, 
it was fucked up. It was really weird. It's kind of changed my whole perception of that. How else has this affected your life, do you feel, since this happened? I think everything is because of, not because of this, but I mean, obviously this path that brought me to where I am now. And I've always made choices that seemed a little off base. I don't have the best judgment, but I'm, but I, I don't know. It got dark. Like my whole life just got dark, everything. And I've been on, stuck on these like patterns of um, torturing myself, you know, like um, but emotionally and like, like it, it just, it's just, it affects every single thing every single day. And I didn't even realize it until like last week. You know, like I didn't, it was crazy. I keep putting it out of my head and then I forget that it happened again. And then I, you know, drugs to cope and then um, codependency and relationships to um, not be alone because you can't be alone, you know, because then you have to deal with your own thoughts and you have to like, you have to face it. And I don't like to face it clearly. I mean, I buried it for so many years. It's crazy to me. So basically everything is affected and I mostly it's not, I mean, I can't say that my whole life is like shit because it's not, but um, I mean, it's the fact that I bury all of this and um. And then, like, don't understand why I'm having, like, I kept trying to work on myself for years. I was, like, trying to figure out what was going on, like, why I was the way I was. Nothing made sense. Like, I kept just, when I, when I was done, I felt like I accomplished something and I would, like, discover, you know, I'd, like, try and be, like, I stopped lying. I saw that I was, like, open with everything. Like, I was too, like, not like I was a liar, but, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I was kind of a liar, but that was just when I was younger. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucked up. I mean, I'm fucked up because of it. I'm fucked up because of a lot of things. But I, this one, it was weird to me because it was, like, like usually I do it to myself or I create the situation. This, like, I, I put myself in the situation, but I, you know, the one rule to get me out to keep me safe was like not listen to it. Like blatantly just disregarded. Like I was nothing. Like I was like, it was, that's just. Yeah, that's gotta be traumatic when you. It's horrible. When you feel you're safe and then when you're ready and you've had enough and you, you're calling out for yeah. everything to stop and it doesn't stop and it goes on for hours and hours beyond that. And the mind fucking too. Like, I mean, that's probably why I went back was, I mean, he, I mean, he, they were, the whole thing was a, like a manipulation. It was all, it was all like a, like a, what's it called? A gas. It was like, gas I mean, I've, I've heard stories of, of people that were being held in captivity and they've been given the freedom to go out to the store or go out in public while they're being held as a prisoner by somebody who's kidnapped yeah. them. And, and they will go and they're, they're so afraid of this person yeah, or, or they've just system. gotten yeah. so in, involved in this whole like ordeal that they, they go and they do what they're supposed to do. And then they come right back instead of just going right to the police, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's the mind fuck. It's that's called Stockholm syndrome. And it, and they now have things where they, that used to not be, people didn't believe that that was true. Um, but it also, that affects people who have been, like the definition of it, it now includes um, people who have been like from trauma or from like being terrorized. Even like short term things, like even things that were so startling, they're called trauma bonds. Like if something is so intense and it happens between two people, it, it creates this bond. Um, and it's weird. Like it, it's, I mean, I've done that in relationships, you know, um, you know, I've, it's, it's very strange. I stay, I stay with it. The word, like the more intense it gets, the more like it pushes me to have to like, I don't know why I have to sacrifice like everything at the cost of like another person. Like that's crazy to me, but it's a definite cycle. And that was how it was with him too. I mean, I just was like walked right in. Like I was like putty in his hands. It was crazy. I just wanted to do so good. I wanted to do so, you know, so many good things and like be such a great, like, you know, whatever, like his muse or something. Um, it's inhumane. And it was like weird that, that nobody even said anything about it. So now in your work as a dominatrix, what do you feel causes some of these clients to uh, want to have these things done to them? It's not all, I'm not going to say it's all childhood trauma, um, but fetishes generally come from intense experiences when you're a child and, um, and childhood trauma. I, I mean, pretty much every single person I know, maybe except for like one or two men have a lot of they have a lot of trauma that they don't view as trauma when they're growing up so like like overbearing mothers or mommy issues in general like um or watching their mom be cruel to their father or um having girls beat them up or having girls laugh at them or having girls do anything to them basically that puts attention on them or focus on them in a like a spotlight kind of way even if it's just one-on-one um it could be sexual. It could not be. It turns into something sexual because men sexualize pretty much everything. No offense, but I mean, that's what happens. Um, you know, and, and then they get stuck on it. I mean, a lot of people have, I know more of my, more intense, my intense clients who are into a lot of pain they're heavy masochists or they like something uh, like more intense stuff that, you know, like a normal, like person who was curious about BDSM would come into and get a session, you know, like a foot fetish or something. This, these guys are usually like, they, they're, they don't think that it's really an issue, but they've had some kind of thing with a woman when they were like, like under the age of 13 and the woman was considerably older, maybe not too, too old, but like definitely like 20s or something and has sex with them or sexualizes them. And, 
and they view it as you know them having sex or something like losing their virginity or like and it's and it's not that i mean it's not it takes your power away and it, just because your body reacts to it doesn't mean that you're actually enjoying it or that you want to have sex it just means you can't it's it's she's it's really really horrible and it happens to so many people nobody talks about that like women who molest kids <laughs> they don't ever talk about that it's crazy that, those are most of my clients <laughs> hope i'm not offending anyone if anybody knows that. <laughs> but i mean like it's true it's heavy wow it's interesting yeah and that's and if you are not dealing with that and you go to see dominatrix it can and let's say you include drugs um you don't really work through it you don't you're not progressing you're getting stuck in the trauma and that's when things get really dark and sad and like and things go from like like because i feel like i could have i can be i've been a really positive person in a lot of people's lives with domination um because we work on things and we don't you know we talk about it and they're not in denial about what's going on like but some people they you don't realize because you can't tell when they come to you if they're if they're stuck on it or if they're talking about it or if they even know what they're talking about why some people don't even know what they're there for so you never know what you're dealing with but it trauma fucks shit up you know <laughs> it like changes everything and people snap all the time um and i just think it's i didn't know that when i got involved in it i didn't know how much psychology would be involved you know i had no idea well thank you for coming out and speaking with us today that was Vixen 6, and we're going to cut to break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim? For Grow Your Influence Tree, Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Rock Against Trafficking with Gary Miller. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also reach out via email to gmillermusic at gmail.com. Now back to Rock Against Trafficking, the radio show. And welcome back. You're listening to Rock Against Trafficking Radio. I'm Jamie Gailey. And now I want to talk a little bit about our lovely president, Mr. Donald Trump. Just two months after signing the controversial FOSTA-SESTA anti-trafficking bill, Trump has now pulled funding for legal services to trafficking victims. Earlier this year, Trump signed the FOSTA-SESTA anti-trafficking bill, which now holds websites criminally liable for any sex-related content posted by third-party users. This was done in an attempt to halt online sex trafficking. Critics say the bill puts voluntary sex workers at a greater risk of violence, forcing them back to the streets in the hands of pimps without the ability to screen their clients. It also makes sex trafficking victims much more difficult to track down. Many groups deeply opposed FOSTA-SESTA, including Freedom Network USA, which is one of the largest trafficking victim support organizations in the United States. 
So now that you're caught up to date on the FOSTA-SESTA legislation, what Trump has just done is pulled funding of legal services for victims of human trafficking. So up until June 25th, rescued victims have traditionally used this service to get their criminal records expunged or dismissed. Bear in mind, 90% of human trafficking victims are arrested for crimes like prostitution, truancy, or drug possession when they are being trafficked. Many agree that this will hinder victims' ability to reintegrate into society. So basically, federal funds are allocated to assist victims of crime, which includes trafficking survivors. They provide services like health care, education, employment services, and legal services as well. Under the new budget, these funds cannot be used for criminal defense services, including expungement matters through court filings or other litigation services. So, more than 100 trafficking survivors wrote recently in a letter to the administration stating, Assistance in paying for legal aid is essential to victims' recovery process. When we have a lawyer help us with the difficult judicial process, we are more likely to obtain justice and have our lives rightfully put into a place we can move past our victimization and be integrated back into society. Without expungement of their criminal records, survivors are denied access to federal financial assistance for higher education, employment with government agencies, and housing programs. Jean Brugman, executive director of Freedom Network USA, states, It is incredibly important to address the injustice done to survivors and recognize that they are victims, not criminals. Several hundred trafficking victim assistance organizations have urged the Trump administration to rework the budget to include legal representation. The American Bar Association also wrote a letter condemning the change. In another story, on July 4th, 2018, British sex workers protest against a proposal that would ban sex worker websites in the United Kingdom, citing its similarities to FOSTA-SESTA in the U.S. In other news, we have a new website. Make sure you check out www.rockagainsttrafficking.org. Keep checking us out throughout the week as more and more updates are going to be going live on the site. Now, a few months back, we did an interview with an individual named Chris Laurie, and uh, he's an operative for an organization called Destiny Rescue. And these guys are the real deal. They're over there in Manila and in the Philippines, and they're on the front lines going in and rescuing young girls, young boys, and they also provide rehabilitative services to these victims once they've been rescued. I wanted to highlight a recent accomplishment. Last week, they went in and rescued 17 underage girls from a brothel, one of which was a 13-year-old virgin who was scheduled to be sold that day for just under $400. They arrested five pimps, and they're now behind bars, and honestly, this is something these guys do all the time, but it's such an amazing thing to see these kind of results happening. Their mission is to rescue 200,000 kids by the year 2020, and they're well on their way to doing that. But one of the problems that a lot of these organizations are facing, almost all of them really, is funding. They have about 1% of the funding they need to operate. And meanwhile, the U.S. government is spending about 300 times more money to fight the war on drugs than they do on human trafficking. And so these organizations, they really need all the help that they can get. Now, like these operatives over in Manila, like a lot of these are ex-Navy SEAL and different, you know, combat trained um, individuals. And they operate on sometimes three or four hundred dollars a month. And that's all they have to, to live on. And, and But they're there because they believe in what they're doing. And they set up these sting operations. And a lot of times they have to go into uh, these these bars, you know, to, to figure out where these girls are at. And when they're in there, you know, the girls are, you know, told to get the clientele to, to buy drinks and stuff, you know, leading up to what they're they're supposed to do and a lot of times these operatives have to pull out of the sting operations because they can't afford the second drink because um, their budgets are on such a sh- they're on such shoestring budgets that they just they can't afford it and so it's really sad but you know once they gather all the intel and they're ready to, to go in and, and bust it in the place you know a lot of times they'll rescue 40 or 50 underage girls and little boys and if you can only imagine what they could do if they had proper funding and they could 
you know, do everything at the level that it should be done at. You know, in a lot of these third world countries and in places, their governments don't have a lot of funding for, for their own police and for their task forces and things like that that would assist. So a lot of times these operatives are basically on their own um, or provided with very little assistance. We at Rock Against Trafficking, we have a two-part mission here. And the first part is we utilize our contacts within the entertainment industry, within the music industry to raise awareness and spread the word about what's going on so people know about it and start to stand up and do something about it. And then the other part is um, we raise funds using these um, resources so that we can provide funding to ground-level organizations like Destiny Rescue that are on the front lines combating this evil every day. And right now we are putting our fundraising initiatives to provide Destiny Rescue with as much assistance as we can. So if you want to help, please go to www rockagainsttrafficking.org hit that donate button and we will make sure that those funds make it to Destiny Rescue and are put to good use okay we're going to cut over to Gary he's got Delana Smith on the line and she's got a new song for us today um, are you there Delana? yes I'm here, hi Gary hello darling, now this is Delana yes. Smith she's got one of the best voices you've ever heard in your life so you've got to check her out so welcome to the show Delana and, Thanks, um, Gary. So tell me, cool. um, so the, the land is in the Netherlands at the moment. So tell me why you, just tell me what your opinions are about Rock Against Trafficking and about the cause and everything like that. And, you know, tell everybody what you've been doing. Well, I think my opinion is it should be a pretty, uh, an obvious one. Uh, I think anybody who cares about humanity and who cares about children, especially who's uh, someone who's a mother or a parent, uh, let's forget about sexuality here. Yeah. Uh, should should care about their children, and uh, even I think even people who aren't parents should be aware and should care about our future as human beings on this planet, because our future are our children. As 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 much as we like or don't like it, I mean, uh, even in a little country like Portugal, I was visiting a few months ago. Mm. Uh, you can see the influence of college and university students um, as far as their influence and their opinions on politics and their influence. And even now in America, the, the children's or the, the university's uh, students' influence upon, uh, you know, the, 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 the shootings and the, the gun laws in, in America. The, the oh, people no, speaking out right now are only students and children. So mm. I don't think there's there's uh, much to say about that. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. It's pretty out there in the open. The people yeah. with the brains today are our children, and they are our future, and they're the ones who are recklessly and fearlessly talking about gun control and and the future of the world, basically, because mm. America obviously is not the world, although most countries or most people in America seem to think that America is the world. It isn't. <laughs> I know, know, that's it, true. It, it, it kind of pisses me off now that I'm living in Europe. It's so clear to me that America is not the world. It Maybe it used to be 20 or 25 or 30, 40 years ago, but it isn't anymore. I think America right now is really putting the world to shame. Everyone is laughing at America. The fact that I'm living here, it's so obvious to me that everyone is laughing at America. Well, know, I agree, it, it, it's crazy. It, it kind of pisses me off and it, 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 it saddens me. But at the same time, it's like, Jesus, look, look what's really going on. Our children are crying for us to do something. And people yeah, well, are I mean, laughing at them. Well, I mean, everybody, because it's such a super, but everybody relies on America. So when they're not getting that help that they're supposed to be doing, you know that's the thing. But I agree. Obviously, I'm from obviously I'm from England. So, and my right. daughter, my, my, my daughter lives in the Netherlands as well. So. Okay. So. Um, that's awesome. But 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 my thing is, are, are people really depending on America, or are people depending on America to supply the world with guns? I, I don't know? know. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I totally. I'm sorry. Agree I'm with very you. political. I'm really no, political. I'm like you could, the world you can is. Say what you like. America's. 
Yeah, America saves everybody, but are they really? America are the main suppliers of weapons around the globe, you know? Yeah, no. Actually, it's funny, you know, people, I, I went into, I had to go to a, for a meeting in Vegas last week, and uh, I was just looking at some glasses, and they said, these, just some sunglasses, some sunglasses, you know, really expensive, and it was, I said, yeah, right. I said they're the, these are American-made. I said, oh, really? I said, yeah, they're American-made in, made in, <laughs> sure. made in, made in Japan. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't believe it. So that these, he was really proud. It's like these are American made. It's like they're made, made yeah. in Japan by by Japanese. You know. So no, yeah, I, exactly. I, I you know, I you. hate to be this super political person right now, but at the same time, it's like, wow, man. Now that I've been living here for one year, that my eyes are really opening. Like I'm an American citizen, and I, I was really proud to be an American citizen. But yeah, at this point in the game, I'm almost embarrassed to travel through. Uh, airport security with an American passport because people are laughing at me. You know, I'm living in Europe. I'm seeing what's really going on. Yeah. And what's really opening my eyes is the fact that Americans are the main machine behind gun violence, uh, terrorism, war around the, the globe, killing innocent children. I mean, Syria, I hate to do this, but Syria is... The guns oh. are provided by Americans, you know. It's like, holy shit, I'm, I'm supposed to support this? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm an American, my, my kid's an American, and I'm, I'm actually ashamed to show my American passport right now no. everywhere I travel. People are laughing at me like, oh, you're American? Oh, thanks for providing guns to the world, you know. Like, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, even, even, I mean, in England, we, even, the, even the police don't have guns in England. Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm not. It's it's strange for me when you see everybody's got guns, but I know exactly what you mean. But um, yeah. But uh, I think you've got got some really good points there. But tell me about um, you also. Did you regarding Rock Against Trafficking? Didn't you do? You did a show in in the Netherlands, didn't you, with supporting Rock Against Trafficking? Well, I've I've been doing a bunch of you. shows and a bunch of work for Rock Against Trafficking here in Holland. We just haven't stopped. We're we're at it 24/7 because yeah. we it started from you from from Gary Miller in the USA, and I planted the seed here in Holland, and I got my friend Gerda to pick up the seed, and she's planted it and grown it, and it's growing yeah. into something here in Holland. Holland is a small country you know, compared fantastic. to America, but the people here are very aware, and they're really sowing the seeds where we're really cultivating everything and and we're 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 making it viral and we're uh, wearing shirts we're talking about it at shows on radio shows mm. we're doing all we can to uh, spread the word and I, I just released my new single for um uh not rock against trafficking but rock against trafficking is one of the yeah, kind yeah. of sister arms of what we're doing i'm i'm actually uh, the ambassador for the Center of Human and Child Trafficking in, in Holland. And um, Rock Against Trafficking is one of the sister arms of that yeah. uh, foundation. So we're doing a bunch of stuff. I, I, re I released my single. We're, we're making a video clip next. We're doing a bunch of uh, things around the country with trailers, with like an escape um, escape chamber, let's call it that, on, on, oh, on the city squares. and. People have to get in there and they have a, a certain time limit to get in and out of or get out of the chamber. And they have to then explain their their um, experience trying to get out. And, and therefore, um, the, the, the experience behind it is making them aware of the fact that they're trapped somewhere. And yeah, what enough. it feels like to get out of a trapped environment. Because most people in Holland are are very spoiled and they're not used to crime or violence. It's a very Tell me about it. my daughter lives cool. there, I know, yeah. Yeah, well, the, this country is so easygoing. People don't really know what it feels like to do. be in a bad situation. So oh, yeah. this escape vehicle is is a really a wake up call for them and it's really something that the foundation I represent is working on to raise awareness for people who don't know anything about human and child trafficking. Well that's, so that's what we're very busy with.
Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time 
to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. This is Rock Against Trafficking with Gary Miller. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also reach out via email to gmillermusic at gmail.com. Now back to Rock Against Trafficking, the radio show.
Thank you for listening this week to Rock Against Trafficking. The mission of Rock Against Trafficking, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, is to bring awareness and to combat global human trafficking through the power and influence of music, the arts, and entertainment. Join Gary Miller again live next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time for another program on the Voice America Influencers Channel. For more information about Rock Against Trafficking, visit rockagainsttrafficking.org.